Hey everybody, uh, I have to put a note in at the top here. Um, unfortunately, with this episode, we had some fan sound going on on one of the audio tracks. Um, it's only about three minutes, so luckily, uh, like 99% of the episode is salvageable and intact. But unfortunately, the first section uh, did I did have to shave three minutes off of. So when you're listening to it and you're like, wow, they just really jumped on in. That's why. Um, so you're going to come back with us about the time that we are talking about the fact that this game, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, was made by Lucas Pope and that he also made Papers, Please. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the episode regardless. I think it's okay. Okay. It's probably I think okay. it's fine. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't hear anything coming over your microphone. Okay. So. Yeah, I couldn't really either. I'll just move the fan back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pretend it never happened. Right. <laughs> did you guys um, did you guys pay, uh, play Papers, Please? I did. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What did you think of I that? didn't. It's fun. But also, I think... Uh, demanding in a way that I don't really care to, like, beat the game. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which, you know, Which actually... Which is the point, actually. Yeah. I mean, like, thematically, that's tied into the whole idea of Papers, Please, is, like, the sort of government bureaucracy and, like, changing political ideologies and groups and control of the country dictates a lot of the you know, like strange things that are allowed and are not allowed. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that like in your job as someone who checks people's papers to see whether they're legitimate and allow them entry into the country or not. Uh, it's not only do you have these increasingly impossible demands placed on you in that position, but sort of like the subtext of it is that you have like moral decisions to make. Yeah. Where like, oh, this person, you know, needs to go to visit their sick relative or whatever. And even if you, even if you know that their papers aren't quite in order, do you do the nice thing and like let them do that anyway, even though you know you're going to get in trouble for it? Like, well, or even even if that's what they tell you and right. they, you let them through, that's not necessarily the truth. Yeah. Sometimes the like next screen is them running across and throwing a grenade at the checkpoint. So that's right. You're good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but it's a really but, cool game i like it a lot yeah i just don't i probably won't ever beat it <laughs> no yeah i don't really have much desire to go back to it like yeah feels like kind of a chore <laughs> uh that said you know it's it's interesting the, the way that you the way that you sort of characterize the gameplay james is kind of the way that the Oberdin ends up feeling <laughs> too right yeah like you you have to go through these increasingly complex 
uh, steps to piece together little tiny bits of information that are just like less and less connected as you go through the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. At least, uh, at least the Oberdin gives you like a fairly reasonable out early on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, let's talk about the setting. Okay. It is kind of, st- I, I think of it as like a, like a realistic fantasy setting. So yeah, like a little bit historical like, fiction. Yeah. Um, so obviously like it takes place in the real world. Uh, the ship sets out from actual England. Like there are passengers of like actual real world location, uh, nationalities and stuff. Uh, but there's also like sort of fantastical elements like, uh, mermaids and magic pocket watches and, uh, giant crabs that have monsters. riders on the back. Yeah. Badass crab riders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some fantastical aquatic monster elements. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of in the, I don't know, like the like the age of exploration, age of piracy. Yeah. Uh, undiscovered savage tribes with you know treasure with curses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be like the the fifteen or sixteen hundreds or something it's like that? Actually, eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That was off. <laughs> uh, but it is it is that sort of like kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean kind of feeling. Yeah. Uh, setting. Uh, boats are a big deal. Sailing around ship. and doing stuff is a big deal. Uh, yeah, ships, <laughs> not ships. boats. Uh, <laughs> but I, the way I think of it is kind of like, like what if, what if the the things that sailors were superstitious about when they were sailing in those times were actually real, like were worthy of being superstitious right. about, you know? mm-hmm. like the kraken, like the kraken. Yeah. That's right. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, and I think like the store, like I, we don't need to put off talking about the story too much for this one, right? Because not really. Okay, so it's kind of like like a normal kind of human greed. Yeah, you know, like people were greedy and messed with things that they didn't understand. People yeah. were greedy and killed each other over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. That that seems like that's what characterizes a lot of the the plot of this game. Yeah. And let's see. Can I can I attempt to put together what I think? Half yeah, the story, actually, there's a pretty there's a pretty uh, comprehensive uh, summary in the the Wikipedia article that I oh. read. But I'm I'm interested to see what you've got, and I can match it against what I've sort of summarized. Okay.
Well, okay. okay. So as far as I can tell, uh, mm-hmm. the ship sets sail uh, from England to go south around like the Horn of Africa and come back and mm-hmm. do some trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, en route to that, mm-hmm. there is a group of crew members that leave the ship uh, yep. sort of uh, they, they go AWOL, I guess you could say. Like, they don't have mm-hmm. orders to do it. And that group includes members of a visiting royalty, like, delegation sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so it says, like, they're the F- Fomorians. Mm-hmm. Who Which is I... actually a, a term for uh, Thailand. Oh, Taiwan. okay. Taiwan. Sorry. Not Thailand. Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so people from there are on the ship. There's like four of them, maybe, and a couple guards, yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Some of them leave on the rowboats and go to an island and find a cursed treasure. Is that right? So I think when the um, the passengers are taken aboard, they have the treasure oh. with them. Okay. The uh, the crew members that leave the boat sort of abduct them with the treasure. Okay. Isn't it brought on the ship as but, part of the cargo? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Maybe that's it. Um, and it's like, it's like kept in a room that's guarded by yeah. guys yeah. with spears. Mm-hmm. So, so wait, so they, they take it off. They attempt to take it off the boat at some point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they get attacked by mermaids. Mm-hmm. There's really no other way to say it. Yep. And then they manage to make it, back from that by somehow activating the the chest which like zaps the mermaids yeah the chest has like a magic like conch shell in it yes that's right the shells are important um and that is some sort of like merfolk uh like artifact i i assume that's the reason that the mer people attack them yes. yes um because they also have the shells with them when they attack right yeah, it's very, so they make it back to the yeah. It's very similar to oh, like the 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 chest in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they, they they try to leave the boat. They try to leave the ship with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't make it. They go back to the ship. Uh, the mer people attack again. This time using these like giant spider crab type things they're actually i don't know if you uh looked up they're real they're real crabs they don't get that big but they do look that stupid yeah like like, japanese like small crab bodies with giant (laughs) spider legs they're the silliest thing but like legit like five feet long like yeah Yeah, yeah, giant leggy things Uh uh-huh so anyway so they they come aboard the ship and attack it Mm -hmm. uh they get rebuffed Yes. Then the Kraken attacks with, mm-hmm. you know, classic giant tentacles slapping all over the ship and grabbing people. Yeah. Uh, and then some of the crew are fed up with that. Some of them try to leave in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Others commit mutiny and kill the captain and some other people and other people get killed in the process of that. Yes. And then eventually everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, did you ship. end up? <laughs> yeah did you end up watching the extra chapter no um so that's 
that happens like after the Kraken or during the Kraken attack, I guess. Um, it's sort of intimated that the uh, Kraken is also called by the merfolk. Right. Uh, so the captain goes down to the hold where they're keeping them um, and and starts killing them until they call it off. Oh. Um, they're dumped oh, off the, sh- the side of the ship with all of the shells. Okay. Um, after that, they head back to England. Some of the passengers and crew members decide to get off at Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the very end, uh, the doctor kills the ship's monkey to make a monkey's paw. I did see Whoa. that clip. Um, yeah. And specifically to wish the Oberdin gets back to England, but also as like a MacGuffin to activate the last chapter memory okay um because well, it's a a murder on the ship and that's the way that works i guess right um well so also i guess that is like in classic monkey's paw wish granting sense yeah. is like yes the ship makes it back but nobody right. is on nobody it. yeah um <laughs> so at the at the very end yeah the there's a mutiny uh the captain kills the remaining mutineers and then commits suicide yeah. next to his dead wife um yeah, and there's then, no there's no happy story no i mean i guess i guess the fact that some of them survived yeah you know um five years later it shows up in in port off the coast of england and then you're sent your like character is sent out um by the east end east indian trading company to sort of like investigate and assess what went on i mean you're kind of like a like an insurance claims adjuster yeah you definitely (laughs) exactly are yeah yeah how do you come across the magic pocket watch don't you get it from the doctor in the package or do are you given it by the uh east indian trading company i think it's kind of given to you for your assignment yeah i was curious as to its origin i don't think they really talk about that at all um, except that in the, in the synopsis I read on the Wikipedia article, it mentions that the doctor specifically kills the monkey. So it can be like that section can be learned later on. So there must be some sort of like foreknowledge that the magic pocket watch exists. And that it's going to be used to, to figure out what happened on the ship. Yeah. But I don't That's know interesting. why or how. Huh? Yeah. Sorry, really quick. I I do want to say that um, the the Wikipedia article also differentiates between the mer people and the people riding giant crabs, which it refers to as sea devils. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know what that means or why that's different. But <laughs> glad we made that distinction. <laughs> yeah. Huh.
getting into the gameplay, like the story and the gameplay are basically one and the same. They yes. are intrinsically linked for the purposes of enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can't really take them apart from each other. Yeah. Uh so like the the basic mechanics of the story is you're dropped on the ghost ship. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just you. You're walking around with the compass. You inevitably find human remains when you do the compass sort of like activates or whatever and yeah. you can you can use it to review the moment of that person's death. Yeah. And like maybe it'll give you like a couple seconds of audio leading up to it and mm-hmm. then uh and then it just freeze frames in 3d what happened at the instant of their death yeah kind of like a kind of like a three-dimensional shadow box yes yeah that you can move around in and from there you you are free to walk around and examine things Mm -hmm. uh you can as you run across certain features uh they're recorded in your logbook so uh people's faces Mm -hmm. mostly uh, you can sort of at, at the at the end of looking at one of these scenes, you can go up your logbook and see like, oh, this person was in it. This person was in it. Even if yeah. you don't really know who these people are yet or what relevance they play to the story, uh, mm-hmm. there is a list that's kept of the people that participated in that sort of scene. Yeah, and um, the most the most important, well, maybe not the most important, but the kind of important part of each scene is identifying who got killed and how they got right. killed. Um, and you do that it each scene centers around a single person or sometimes multiple people like two yeah i think there are a couple with um yeah yeah (laughs) um and then you sort of sort through a list of uh like verbs that you can choose from so there's stuff like stabbed knifed uh speared spiked uh crushed uh shot clubbed Clawed, um, burnt, clawed, uh, <laughs> <Eaten>. torn apart, <laughs> eaten. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and some of those are only uh, connected to certain characters or or things. So there's a lot of the things that the monsters, or yeah, monsters do uh, that only they they can take that action. So like things like clawed. Uh, uh, speared, spiked, stuff like that. Um, but for any of the things that the humans can do, uh, you're also given a line to identify who the killer was. So yeah. it, it looks like this person's name was, you know, shot by this person's name or unknown was, you know, speared by a terrible foe or yeah. whatever, whatever. <laughs> right. And, and even if you don't know exactly who did it, you can also pick sort of generic categories. So mm-hmm. you can say, like, this person was shot by an officer or yeah. a crew member or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if this was the uh, inspiration for this game. This game came out in, like, 2018. But in 2013, mm-hmm. um, like, the act of investigating a crime scene and running around in a 3D mm-hmm. environment looking for clues was done in Batman Arkham Origins. Mm. Um, where it's oh. very similar. Like you can follow like bullet trails and you can like kind of fast forward and rewind and, and speed up certain events hmm. while walking around in this kind of augmented reality. Okay, yeah. Interesting. An inspiration for this game. 
Could be. That could be. Hmm. The other, the other thing that we were kind of thinking, uh, is that, um, is it disappearance of, uh, Ethan Crow? Carter. Is that right? Carter. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, has a very similar kind of thing, uh, where you're given kind of a sequence of events that lead up to a death. Um, and you kind of have to put them in order. Yeah. This reminded me quite a bit of that game. Yeah. If we wanted to hear more about Ethan Carter. (laughs) (laughs) We've done an episode on it. You have. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Please check out our whatever episode that was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so just, just like, just as a, to sum this up real quick, uh, you, you find human remains. The watch gives you a like you'll hear a brief little thing maybe mm-hmm. like you know someone says ah oh, bob look out and then there's like a crunch sound and then the scene pops back into view and you see bob getting hit in the head with a club and uh-huh. you look at the person hitting them and it looks like i don't know zoe the crew person uh in in a few of them it's very straightforward like yeah, like, you're, we're, we're, the dialogue says like Captain Bob, look out! Right, and right. Then, you're incredibly and then Bob lucky says, if "Oh, get, damn you, Zoe!" You know, if like you get uh, names or stations or nationalities. Those are all like incredibly good lucky yeah. hints. Uh, it's almost usually it's never not that, that explicit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then you know once once you have that, that gives you all the information you need to to fill in how that person died and by whom. Mm-hmm. Um, or at maybe to give you hints at other people, you might yeah. notice that the person that's in this scene, you've also seen in another scene right. and by seeing, you know, Oh, you caught them walking out of the first mate's quarters. Mm-hmm. So maybe that means they're the first mate. They're wearing an officer uniform. Later you yeah. see them standing next to the captain. They're probably the first right. mate, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, there's also in the beginning of your sort of, uh, log book or, ledger or whatever there's a couple of drawings of the crew um and anytime you see someone in a flashback uh you can kind of focus in on their character model and it'll reference them to uh one of the people in the drawing kind of in the background yeah and don't the faces Uh, become less blurred the more yes likely or like the, the, the the likelihood that you have all of the pieces to put together to identify said person. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. As the game sort of determines that it's given you enough evidence, it will uh, make the faces more clear. And also if you look at the um, portrait, like for individual characters, um, I don't know if you notice this or not. I don't know if it's tutorialized. Um, there's like little triangles that'll appear on top of the character. Yes. Yeah. Character portraits um, with more triangles are harder to identify than less triangles. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's one other kind of way that you get from death scene to death scene. And that is, okay, so all the stuff that's happened on the ship is broken up into chapters. Mm-hmm. Each chapter has multiple, what, scenes, let's say? Scenes, and multiple yeah. Deaths. Uh, and multiple uh-huh. deaths. So once you're done with one scene, it goes into this mode where everything in the environment goes dark and a 
one of the one of the bodies in the scene is highlighted. Yeah. So you have to sort of like find your way through the darkness to get to the highlighted body. And then once you find it, you sort of like warp back to your position. And then the compass shows you a animated like smoke trail to get to it. Yeah, uh, and I'll place it somewhere on the boat. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool how it's programmed because like the the trail comes out and then it always waits for you to follow it. So, like, if you're not looking oh, really? at it, yeah, like, it'll just stop and wait until huh. you're actually watching it. So you can never really lose track that. of it. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually it leads you to what is effectively the next step in that scene or the next yeah. death or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the other way that you can progress is after you've seen all those scenes or steps, uh, there is a, like, a, a door mm-hmm. in, in the nothingness of the environment that opens up that you can walk through to return you to the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it is worth noting probably that each scene is confined to a specific area yeah. where yeah. it takes place. So you can't just like, oh, this guy is dead here, but like I'm gonna walk off and explore the rest of the ship. Like, Ma- and ma- like maybe not entirely, tracks. but to some extent you can. Yeah, like like there is you can usually see a little more around the edges of the scene than mm-hmm. like I even expected most of the time. Yeah, uh, like but sometimes yeah, like, if you're on the lower decks, you can maybe like go up a staircase and see right. like some people walking around, or or yeah. there's like certain chapters where you uh, turn a corner, following like a blood trail, and goes all the way down this mm-hmm. corridor where there's like some information you may not have found. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So that's that's kind of the main gameplay, gameplay loop, loop, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, how about the, how about like the controls that they, they felt like they're pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. You can, you can walk around, you can look around, uh, you can interact with things, you can zoom in on things mm-hmm. and you can open your logbook. Yeah. Can you, can it. you sprint and go prone in this game? No, oh, uh, no, you, no cannot. Prone? you can't also can't take cover, <laughs> oh, damn. Um, which I feel like it was really missing when the, so when the crab monsters come, you really want to take cover. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, so I do, I do like the idea that like, as you're, as you're exploring the ship and you're finding these sort of like memories of these awful death scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, it's cool once you get to the monstrous parts and then you start actually finding the remains of the monsters, like the actual (laughs) physical proof that that really happened. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, especially just because of how immersive the game is. Like it, it feels like it's an additional sort of like creepy step at that point. Uh huh, and it is worth noting that um, dead bodies don't always have to be human dead bodies. Uh, yeah, there's there's one associated to like one of the the feed animals, and there are a couple that are associated to dead monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so also every time, yeah, there's there's like there's like different parts of the ship that unlock. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's through right. looking at these death scenes, like maybe you couldn't go down uh-huh. to the lower decks. But once you're in a chapter where there's a door open during that scene, mm-hmm. back in the, yeah. uh, I guess, the present time, you are now able to go down mm-hmm. to that area. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but it kind of uh, signposts that by, like, uh, highlighting, not really highlighting, but the uh, the texture that of, like, the door that's open kind of gets uh, sort of foggy or, like, yeah. fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. It it does. I feel like it would have been a little bit overwhelming at first if they'd given you access to absolutely everything. 
Yeah. But sort of keeping it like stepped like that sort of helps to to not have it be too much at once, I think. Yeah. There was only one part where I uh I felt like I was stuck um mm-hmm. where I had to get into the cargo deck, but I couldn't get into the cargo deck yet. I was missing like one piece of a memory or something mm-hmm. that would have completed that chapter. Um yeah. but other than that it's it's really straightforward. All you pretty much have to do is just kind of follow things as they unfold. I will say that uh often in order to progress to the next chapter, you have to find a dead body that is already inside of a death memory. So like yes. when you're when you're looking at somebody being murdered or crushed or clubbed um, I found myself getting distracted and looking for the next corpse right? <laughs> instead of focusing on the murder itself so that yeah. I could, like, fill out the narrative map. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I could never really figure out in those death scenes, it must just be timed how much, like, because you get a certain amount of time in each one and then it kind of blacks out or... It'll transition you to the next right. one via yeah. the, the thing. But so oftentimes I felt like either I had too much time, like yeah. I'd seen all the relevant information and I was just like, well, what else am I supposed to be seeing? You know? Yeah, I almost I almost wish that they had had a uh, a method for marking the three important things, like for saying, okay, like first click on the guy who died. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then click on the method of death, and mm-hmm. then click on the cause, and then it would know that you've seen everything that you need to see in the scene. You know, yeah. Because yeah, I felt that way too. Like sometimes it felt like it was giving me too much time to look, and I like, what am I? What does it want me to see right now? <laughs> right. I, I, right. The guy's getting shot by a cannon. Yeah. Like I don't know what else I'm supposed to pay attention to here. It uh, gives you and yeah, the fact other times that he's wearing a red and green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It actually gives you like one minute exactly. Oh, okay. oh, regardless really? of how clear or unclear the circumstances are. Gotcha. Huh. Because okay. I couldn't figure out why it was being timed at all, honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. like, there's the little time scene. You get to walk around and take everything in. And then if there is no dead body to link to the next chapter, it'll kind of yeah. flash and then put you back in the exact same scene. And then there's the door that, that Matt mentioned that appears. So that right. you can exit yeah. the memory. And I didn't understand mm-hmm. why it was timed in the begin with. In the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that part's yeah, a little it bit feels weird. Like, it feels like it, like it should just show you the scene. Then like you can manually transition to the logbook, fill out the information, and then like move right. on. Yeah. That would have been a nice sort of like... It would have made things just a little bit more clear. Like what steps you're supposed to be taking. Uh-huh. Do you guys use the, the, the like mouse and keyboard or controller? Mouse and keyboard. Keyboard. I used, I used the controller. It was actually, it worked perfectly. So yeah. I'm pleased with that. Yeah, the controls are so simple um, that I can't imagine it would be too complex to do with a controller. Yeah. Because the other thing about it is it's pretty generous with like what it considers like close enough to interact with especially like with dead bodies um it seems like the the zone where you have to be uh, is pretty wide around it so 
I will say yeah. that navigating the journal in order to figure out several people's identities can get kind of clunky. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, I know, like, let's say, I think I remember seeing this person's face in chapter three, section mm -hmm. four, but like I couldn't get there fast enough. And the game does give you like bookmark options. And yeah, I thought maybe I was just bad at utilizing them properly, but I found it kind of clunky uh, flipping back and forth in this virtual book from my notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, there's a few times where, like, pressing the back button didn't go back to the page that I had expected it to. Yeah, um, sometimes I, it'll take you, like, I think what it what it's doing is taking it back to the last position it was. But sometimes I also just wanted to close the book, <laughs> and the back button didn't do that. It would just, like, flip me back and forth between the same, like, five right. page yeah. or so. Yeah. Uh, I do think that since... Okay, so you're, the main way that you gather information is by exploring those death scenes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be nice if you could just, after you've uncovered them for the first time, you could just warp directly to them. Yeah. So rather I than having to like great. dig back up that guy's body again, you could be like, oh yeah, that's right. I saw this guy die. Press the button to jump back to his death scene. Yeah. So I had that exact thought when I was like, dur during like the first <laughs> hour of gameplay, because yeah. you're presented with a scene where this guy is shot, and you are you're you're given so many different faces, faces and names mm -hmm. to begin with as options mm -hmm. that it almost felt like yeah. like a Metroidvania of narratives. And that's that's really <laughs> yeah. what I was expecting, and I was expecting the end game to be like you said, Matt, to be like omnipresent, right, and yeah. almost like an open world experience where I could jump at will to any given scene or moment and ultimately yeah. that doesn't happen no yeah and i ended up losing patience with it about midway <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah, we can. So, the, so there's sixty. There's sixty people on the ship. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, but you can leave after you've played through all of the initial death sequences. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Even, and do you even need you to? You don't. You don't even technically have to solve any of them. No. You just have to witness them. Yeah. Uh, you'll get chewed out for not doing a good job at the end. Yeah. But you know, oh, yeah, I guess yeah, it's yeah. worse than chewed out. The guy. <laughs> Yeah, the dog dies. dies. <laughs> he's right. so sad that you did a bad job that he's yeah. like, well, this so wasn't worth it. In you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about, uh, so, so I guess, yeah, we've kind of talked about the difficulty frustration mm -hmm. level. 
there's definitely some of that comes just from straight up difficulty of the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like looking back on the, the, the wiki to be like, you know, how how was I ever supposed to know who this person was? There's some things where there's like, I don't know, like where they were bunked or like wh- yeah, like bunks, numbers yeah. on the bunks. Uh, oh, so yeah, I like totally picked up wearing, on that. Like, oh, yeah. That that wasn't. Yeah, that I, I noticed the numbers on the um, hammocks and I was like, oh, that's. This seems like a clue. But the <laughs> things that, that really threw me off was like there there's specifically like only three or four women on board. Mm-hmm. Uh like solving the captain's wife's mur- death is pretty easy. But right. there's another woman that gets murdered and the way that you figure out who she is is like you have to look at the names of the women listed notice that one of the women is married you you have to find her husband and notice that in the drawing he's wearing a wedding ring and then you know that per or the the woman the woman who's wearing a wedding ring is that person yes. like oh man uh, <laughs> yeah that's so much right yeah so that that's sort of just like straight up difficulty of playing the game Mm-hmm. There is also a little bit of difficulty added by sort of awkward interface stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just the sheer number of people. That's There's true. There's 60 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I think I solved like maybe 10, 12 of them legitimately. A couple yeah. of them yeah. I had to look up just to like give myself a booster. Right. Yeah, I only I finished the game with only finding six yeah. of them. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I did. I think at least thirteen. Oh wow! Um, but and there's uh, sixty. That was yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it also has this other weird thing, kind of weird mechanic where uh, it only tells you when you've correctly solved three uh, murders in sets of yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, so. You could go through a section and be like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is, like, that guy, you know. But it won't tell you that you got it right for sure until you've solved three of them, and then it'll lock in three of those into your logbook. So, like, if you think, oh, well, this is the guy, but then maybe in another chapter you come across the piece of information that's like, oh, well, maybe, like, that was you know, this guy was actually this other person. Even if you got it right the first time, you could switch away from that right answer accidentally mm-hmm. without the game telling you. And I think that seems like a weird and bad design decision. I don't really understand why that I is. think that was designed so that you can't brute force your way through the game just by guessing. Yeah, I think uh, so too. So like if yeah. you were just like, uh, is it this guy and this guy and he died this way? And if you got it right, it'll tell you immediately. So right. you have to try to like do your best, like always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I I just wish I I had a little bit of a little bit more feedback because there were times when I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is this is the murder. Like I got it right, but I wouldn't find out that was the case until like two or three chapters yeah. later. Right. Um. And also, uh, the like specifics of the uh death verbs that they use uh can be a little bit uh 
wonky. I know that I, I read a couple of times that there there is actually a little bit of like variance that the game will allow you, but hmm. um when you're listing a murder, like you have um the choice of like murdered by a crew member, an enemy, or a monster. Mm-hmm. Um and the the like what's the difference between an enemy and a monster? Yeah. Right. Because the line that's associated with enemy is like murdered by a foreign invader or something like that, which could describe either the crab riding people or the mer people. Yes, right, or even um, the the tentacle monster. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but in most of those cases, they want you to use the term monster. I, yeah, I'm, you know. Or yeah. there's like speared and spiked, mm-hmm. uh, or like like sh- like cut and then like Slashed. killed with a sword. Yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, so I like I might have gotten the murder right, but the verb slightly wrong, and the mm-hmm. game doesn't like give you any feedback about that, no. which is kind of frustrating. I had I had yeah. two examples of that. Um, one of them is a yeah. nitpick. I'll give the nitpick one first. Um, <laughs> there's a character who is being executed by a firing squad. Oh yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. able to figure out I his identity. But uh-huh. then I was like, who killed him? Is it the is it the guy who literally shot him, or is uh-huh. it the, is it the guy who gave the order to kill him? Right. Mm. Turns out it the game wanted you to choose the guy who literally shot him. Because they explicitly show you like the the bullet trails, right? Which was a yeah. pretty neat discovery. And I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. cool!" Like all the other guys uh-huh. he missed, and this was the one bullet, and I identify his killer. Um, the other problem I had there was a a woman who gets killed by a mermaid on like a small uh-huh. lifeboat, and she yeah. gets like she gets grabbed from behind. Like mm-hmm. it's like is that clawed? Is was she right. like was she bitten in the neck? Like it's difficult to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that one looked like eaten, but yeah. But like the the verb that goes along with eaten is like cannibalized, right? By, right. Which doesn't feel right. No. No. Because they're different species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh. All right. Did you feel like what? there was like like. So I mentioned, like, how I wanted the game to be, like, a Metroidvania of narratives, and I wanted it to open up (laughs) at the end, but it felt like there was just a lot of backtracking necessary in order to play this game the way Mm -hmm. he wants you to play it, Lucas Pope wants you to play the game. And I I realized that fairly early on, that, like, I'm not going to be able to figure this out in a manner that would be efficient. Mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah. take a lot of meticulous note taking and right. yeah. and retreading. I think the uh, um the logbook is supposed to be like a little bit of a shortcut for that, but even even with it and having the ability to flip back and forth pages, I don't know how you would get around like keeping a physical notebook. Yeah. I tried. And it wasn't like working. Keeping your own notes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the logbook is kind of just the bare minimum of what you yeah. need. 
and you know, as far as the Metroidvania stuff goes, um, I I kind of like I had the same thought that like eventually w- once I started to sort of see the patterns and become familiar with the people or whatever, I'd be like, oh, now I, I can take this knowledge and right. go back and relook at things and you know clean everything up at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it you never really feel like you have anything that solid. No. You know, like yeah. like with Metroidvania, you might have like you know the double jump. Be like, oh, now I can clearly get to higher platforms than I could before. Yeah, um, but it's very rare that you come across anything that explicit and like right obvious to to know where to go back and use it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like yeah, you- even go ahead. I was gonna say even if you like try and follow a character around, mm-hmm. you might eventually like pick up some information about them but like what you hardly ever get concrete stuff like for instance one of the easiest ways i figured out that people were who they were is whether they were wearing a hat or not like (laughs) yeah you know officers wear wear fancy hats so i know every every time (laughs) someone pops up that corresponds to a picture of a person wearing a fancy hat that's got to be one of the officers right yeah um and then sometimes you can pick up like language clues or accent clues but Mm -hmm. you know uh there's there were a lot of them that were marked you know easy to identify that i was still like (laughs) yeah who how what yeah what was this person supposed to be and the game knows this he's intentionally (laughs) he's intentionally stingy with the audio cues like Uh like accents are used pretty frequently but as far as like people calling each other by name it's so infrequent yeah Mm -hmm. there is there's a there's one of them where there's a pair of brothers that's like kind of one one of the infamous examples of this uh where you actually there's just no indication of which brother is which you mm. just know that those two are brothers and you have to guess like which one each yeah. of them was yeah that's too bad yeah did you guys find that even if you had like an inkling of an idea of what had happened to somebody that only certain deaths were accessible through other people's yes memories yeah so it's like if i want if i want to find joe bob i have to go talk to anna marie's i have to go to her memory uh-huh. in order to see yeah. where joe bob died i can't mm-hmm. i can't just go to his death specifically right yeah and unfortunately like we were saying since there isn't an easy way to sort of a streamlined way to access those flashbacks yeah you literally have to walk across the, and you know, it's a small boat, but like, yes. you still have to go to the physical place where she died, hop into that memory, let it give you the dialogue cue, mm-hmm. and then go find the other body that you actually want, mm-hmm. and then hop into that one, uh, instead of just like being able to access it from your logbook. And yeah. you can only work your way backwards, you can't work your way forwards. Oh, you sure. can only yeah, follow yeah. the deaths of people who have died previously. Right. Yeah. You can't follow the lives of the living. Right. Yeah. Um, what I was thinking might be really helpful is every time you, and I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't do this because it seemed like a pretty obvious idea, um, is once you completed a chapter to have you like to show you the sequences in order 
Because mm. oftentimes when you are witnessing them, they're out of step. So you're like, like, uh, Michael said, you're usually watching the end point first, going all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. So like right. if you had a, if you had like a chapter review ability or something where you could start at the beginning and that way you could like follow a, a specific character around through that chapter yeah, or, true. uh, you know, try and at least piece together like, this guy was killed here and then these people moved there and then, you know, that that sort of thing. Was that something that uh, that Ethan Carter did? Like once you finished the sequence, it would play it, it all the way through It would play it you? out, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like we've already kind of talked about the story. Yeah. We, Is there much we, more to say about that? No. It's fine. Uh... I I wasn't expecting it to go in the direction that it did go. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, I don't know actually what I was expecting, um, but it, it got pretty weird pretty quick. Yeah. So that's fun. I was like, not really expecting to play this No. There's not yeah. any particular sort of like protagonists or antagonists. No. I mean, your like, main character is basically just like a player insert yeah um and i mean like you can kind of think of like maybe the the officers as being like the protagonists because they're kind i feel like they're the most frequently featured yeah uh, in the memories but like there isn't it's more about the the story as a whole than individual yeah circumstances yeah i would expect that there is uh one lone character who holds like the most killed or like the most uh, <laughs> most 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 oh, murdered boy. people. Uh huh. Yeah, I wonder who that is. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. Probably the captain. Maybe. I mean, he he kills he has that whole fight scene in the beginning, and then he also kills some mermaids. Yeah, and himself. Yeah, and himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we talk about the, the graphics real quick? Yeah. Uh, there is not much to talk about because there are only two colors that are used in the game. <laughs> uh, uh, unless you go to the settings. Yeah. Well, but even then you're just picking from different sets of two colors. Mm, right? Well, yes, but. Because <laughs> like basically it can it's all it's all one bit right yeah. so each pixel is one of two states it could be like yeah. black or white or like the the default sort of like what yellow or like dark green or bright green yeah. if it's the max yeah. settings uh, uh there's like a commodore one that's like purple and like whitish purple mm-hmm. yeah i think uh and it's so it is still a fully like 3d modeled and textured and mm-hmm. shaded world uh so there's a, this concept of dithering yeah. Where you take uh, you take a fully colored image and you break it up into sort of like patterns and and uh, sort of like yeah I guess patterns is a good way to put it uh, to make it look like there's more depth to the color than there actually is mm-hmm. uh, and it ends up looking a lot sort of like uh, pointillism 
where yeah. rather than sort of doing broad analog uh, analog strokes of color on a painting or whatever, it's lots of tiny little dots mm-hmm. that that add up to the illusion of there being more detail or more color there than there actually is. And that's sort of like that. It, it's it's a very particular like retro look, especially for like pixelated games like this. And that is the entire aesthetic of this game. Yeah, kind of like uh, was the case in um, Papers, Please, although it's yeah. got a, a little bit more uh, like color variety. Um, this was heavily in, inspired by old Macintosh uh, graphic uh, games. What I think is interesting is even though that's the inspiration, I think for me it ends up looking a lot more like... like uh, like line drawings hmm. mm-hmm. um like sort of pen and ink oh yeah uh, kind of style or like engraving kind of yeah. yeah 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 um then i mean like if you're looking at something that uh has like a like a light gradient on it you can kind of see the the dithering gives it a little bit more of that that sort of old computer style but if you're just looking at like a big uh scene then it looks a lot more just like uh just like simple line art to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like 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 cross hatching kind of detail gonna, for some of the shadings that. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh which is also kind of interesting cuz there's one uh one of the crew members is an artist yeah. who's the one who does the illustration of the the crew in the beginning of the book. Mhm. Um Yeah. That's pretty much it about the graphics, right? I mean, like, I yeah. feel like there's much more to say than that. I like it. I think it looks really I cool. I agree. Um, it's it's one of the main reasons I wanted to play this game. Yeah, yeah it's for sure. striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the way it sounds? Uh, I was just going to say, um, oh. I don't know if you guys uh, feel this is the case. For me, um, for some reason, uh, low poly graphics often especially like in a first person situation oftentimes feels scarier yeah i i I don't exactly know why uh what to attribute that to and i i thought that it would be really interesting to see like something that was like strictly a horror game but done in this sort of style especially something like um amnesia Mm -hmm. where it's it's very like more about being alone and like unnerving than like actually like big scary monsters. Do you, yeah. do you think it because it's because it like leaves a lot open to your imagination? Maybe. Um and like specifically in this game, like you're walking around an empty ship where you know like terrible things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um but oftentimes I, I think um in older games uh it's the uh the limitations on what you can do with a with within a, like an older first person shooter game so or like uh like the first two elder scrolls games i actually think are really scary because there's not a lot of um like anything going on in an audio sense except for like monster noises um so whenever you're walking around in a dungeon like you're almost only ever hearing like enemies kind of around you and and that's that sort of ambiance is is spooky to me i don't know yeah, huh. yeah. 
Uh, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh but music yeah well and like audio more generally like there is the ambient so there is, noise right uh i don't know i i didn't have any problem with any sound effects or whatever they all seemed like nope. they nothing seemed out of place nothing seemed lacking Mm-mm. they all uh, seemed very meticulous yeah, yeah. especially right? all of those audio clips they mm-hmm. only let you hear what they want you to hear. Yeah. Right. You know, well, and like, when, like, you know, uh, people walking around, rain splashing mm-hmm. everywhere, and animals, mm-hmm. creaking of the ship. Yeah. It's all very well done. Yeah. When everything is really dialed down to, like, just just the important, like, salient facts about that scene. Uh-huh. They did a really good job of that. Yeah. Uh, and the voice acting was fine. I didn't ever yeah. have any problem with any of the voice clips. That seems pretty good. Uh, like, I almost wish there would have been a little bit more of it. But again, sort of for gameplay and atmosphere reasons, I understand why there wasn't. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the music. I liked the music a lot. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, not particularly memorable, but, um, no. you know, fitting. It is for... very fitting. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and actually, uh, I don't know why you would ever do this, so, <laughs> but like, it, once you initiate the pocket watch, there's like a sound, like, there's like a, like a small music clip that plays. Yeah. <laughs> and if you turn away or you can close the pocket watch, and it actually like stops that right, music it bit oh. where it is. That's it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, like I don't know, I can't think of a single reason you would do that, but it's a fun little touch. Huh. I did notice that. Uh. Yeah, and it, each of the so if with the game being broken up into chapters, which are then broken up into multiple scenes, mm-hmm. also each group of scenes has its own music that's all sort of like variations on a theme yeah yeah so like as the chapter progresses you get sort of a flow of music that gets more intense or whatever as Mm -hmm. as events call for it which is kind of fun yeah i'll be honest i didn't realize any of that playing the game Um, (laughs) i got stuck trying to identify certain people and i followed this lead to a chapter and i spent a fair amount of time in this chapter and since you mentioned that each song or each chapter has a song, it's like a loop. Yeah. It's a loop that plays. And each uh-huh. one yeah. is only like 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And I began to notice this, and I only felt like there was like three songs in the <laughs> game. Turns out there's like yeah. 26, 27 or so. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> but like in terms of uh, like total music composed, I think it's probably only about a half an hour or so. It is. It's not actually yeah. like a lot um it just does sense. a really good job uh like looping and then sort of fading into the background right. yeah and just being like a part of the scene and again this is all all composed by mr lucas pope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a one-man show yeah that's right uh was there any like i think that the music that i liked the most was from the soldiers of the sea mm. chapter uh, which had sort of like tubular bells mm-hmm. in it, which was really mm. nice. Uh, that was the one where like the gi- giant crab people attack. Right. 
Yeah. I think. Uh, and like it had sort of like a like a bouncy like bass strings thing going on. I don't know. I remember really liking the the tracks from that one. Is that the one that's kind of like Christmassy, or is that the yeah? Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, like well, like kind of weirdly Christmassy <laughs> yeah. too, because you know, like like the bells don't sound like anything that bad is happening, right. and meanwhile <laughs> people are getting like stabbed through the abdomen right. by cla- crab claws and. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... I don't. Other than the um, like main like investigation theme that's kind of like the that one i remember uh i don't really remember many of the other songs though i don't remember the exact song but once i got to a point where there was like uh an organ being used i got very excited yeah and i was like oh that's right there was a really good organ track yeah that was pretty cool it had like kind of like this marching quality to it uh-huh I like that quite a bit. Uh, would you guys listen to it without the game? Probably. Yeah, I probably would. Like if it was all uh, like mixed into one like solid chunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like a like a uh, what do you call it? The thing. Uh, like an overture that has all. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. In it? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I. I don't know if I, I I probably won't go back and listen to it. Like even the bits that I like, I feel like I liked them in the context of the game. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 more like little musical stings that sort of like yeah. accompany story beats than they are mm-hmm. like a full song, you know. Uh, so I guess that's that is actually kind of the same as you, James. It's like if, yeah. if it were mixed into something that was a little more standalone, comprehensive, yeah, yeah. 
Um, which I think brings us to evaluation. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like this game. Uh, I think it's me too. Really interesting. Um, and plays in an interesting, like, idea space. Um, I wish it wasn't so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also glad that you can at least beat it. <laughs> even yeah. without like solving everything it's true. yeah it actually so this game really made me want to turn around and play it with other people yeah because i i kind of i just i kind of think like 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 mist or like riven or one of those games where sitting with a couple other people so that everybody's looking for clues and keeping track yeah. of stuff at the same time just like increases your your coverage you know mm-hmm. uh it well, would have to be with people that are down for this particular level of like <laughs> frustration and detail-oriented stuff. Right. But. Uh-huh. And the thing there would be like different people ideally would pick up on different things. I mm-hmm. think the hard thing about this game is while you kind of know what you're getting into going into it, I don't think it really sets expectations well enough to explain to you the level of minutia that you're supposed to pay attention to um so if you had like four or five different people all paying attention to different things or picking up on different things that that definitely seems like it would make it easier Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say that i respect this game more than i ended up enjoying it (laughs) yeah like it, it reminded me a lot of the witness uh, by mm. Jonathan Blow, where it's like, this yeah. this is the game, and you're going to continue playing this game, and when you finish this puzzle, there's like 60 more, or in the Witness case, a thousand more, <laughs> right. just like it. Yeah. And while it's not very enjoyable for me personally, I respect the commitment to its idea. Yeah, It, doesn't, it mm-hmm. does not yeah. compromise its vision. Yeah. It's the vision of like one person... And they followed through. And yeah. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. So it's a it's an artistic accomplishment. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like maybe maybe it's it's not perfect. Like maybe it's not quite a masterpiece. Right. But it is like a pretty incredible creation. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um. We I think we've touched a little bit on uh, for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have the ability to go to individual scenes from the logbook. Yes. And then, like I said, I think having like a, a chapter review section would be really helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I was always, I was hoping that there would be just a little bit more interaction you could do with the world, mm. uh, with like, I don't know, like in, in the process of watching those little scenes, you could like... I don't like you'd have to pick up something in the present and return it to the place that it had been taken from yeah. to like mm. lay a ghost to rest and that would play a final memory or something just something a little bit so that there's a you'd have a little bit more way of uh actively participating yeah. in the world rather than just sort of passively observing things. Hmm. Um It's true. Also it would be cool if there was a little bit more um uh, like mobile elements to the game because you as a player move around, but nothing else in the game moves. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if there was maybe like uh, like a wandering ghost 
or like you know something that only popped up every once in a while i maybe that would just make things even harder to find i guess but yeah it would at least make the world that it takes place in a little bit less static yeah Mm. be kind of cool the only interaction you have is opening doors yeah Yeah. you don't actually pick up anything you don't Mm -hmm. you know go through people's pockets to find notes or find keys to rooms. Um, I think that would have kind of made me a little more invested or engaged. Engaged yeah. is a better word. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, actually, if you could, like, if through the process of the memory you realize that someone had the key to that room and in the real world it was locked and then you could find right. their body eventually and be like, oh, now I have that. Yeah, that would be kind of a cool mm-hmm. mechanic. Or it might, um, like, if if you got more, like, sort of investigation ability instead of just sort of having to passively witness things, it might provide them ways to give you, uh, like, clues a little bit easier, too. Yeah. So, like, maybe you would find, you know, a book in another language in somebody's, you know, yeah. bunk or something like that. There's also no journals, which I found hard to believe yeah, that's on true. a ship yeah. this size with this size of crew. There's no journals. There's no log books other than your own. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's a mutiny that happens. I'll bet there was, like, notes that could have been found or... Probably. You know, yeah. But there isn't any of that. There's simply following the trail of bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about appeal? In, in terms of who who would uh, like to play this game? <laughs> Question. Uh, book clerks? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, if, if you like these sort of puzzle-solvy exploration, like, it fits... I feel like it fits into the walking simulator genre a little bit, mm-hmm. if only because you don't actually need to solve any of the mysteries to get through the game that's true you know you can really just wander through and look at things and then finish uh i mean james and i our our parents are playing it apparently i know really (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh i'm actually kind of curious to to like talk to them about it a little bit Uh uh-huh yeah i wonder what they think how did you yeah is it just like they were interested on their own and they they hopped on oh no i I had mentioned it to them uh like a couple weeks ago i think yeah (laughs) um so yeah i don't know maybe maybe we could even uh i could go over there with the with the field recorder and like (laughs) have a little conversation with them and loop that in here maybe um but like the thing is like i could see this this game could be just like irredeemably tedious for some people maybe even for like quite a few people (laughs) (laughs) uh so there's that yeah there's no there's no action uh, and it really does take a lot of like paying close attention and sort of being patient and going through details Just and stuff meticulous yes yeah very meticulous to a fault <laughs> maybe if you felt like you wanted to be an insurance claims adjuster <laughs> in, right. in the real world then this would be a good game for you to play yeah <laughs> i think that's about it yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. Other, uh, closing, clo- 
closing thoughts. <laughs> clothing statements <laughs> or, or clothing <laughs> thoughts you know whatever yeah i would love to see another I'd, I'd love to see this be a series like i want to see what the sequel to this game looks like yeah there are um some people who have so in the uh extended ending after you beat the second chapter or the the hidden chapter um you like the ending sequence after you see the last chapter is you like picking up the log book and putting it on on a on a shelf next to a book that looks very similar so people are theorizing that perhaps that's a that's a sequel hook okay right who knows i mean there's no i mean like as long as you could come up with like interesting situations there's no reason why this as like a style of game couldn't keep happening yeah even if you wanted to have it sort of set in the same time period there's there's a lot of interesting little you know semi-historical slightly fantastical Uh places that you could have this sort of thing set in uh Um, I, i actually really quick had a thought before we completely wrap and uh this this is maybe uh 2020 brain thinking but how did you feel <laughs> about um the depiction of specifically the asian characters in the story because i kept on i like other than other than the fact that they have a magic item that makes mermaids uh mm-hmm. get paralyzed i feel like they managed to not racistly depict anyone in a historical setting and i think that's kind of admirable or probably should be yeah i think that's i didn't really have anything that that caught my attention about that it was a pretty diverse yeah yeah um and like nobody using like like slurs or anything like that that i can remember right not that i noticed yeah that's true so that's oh that's pretty cool that's good points for that yeah okay that's, Uh, that's really it Okay. And you know, one other thing, <laughs> did you, I, I probably talked to you about it, James, and maybe you too, Michael. Uh, there's this game called Tacoma. Oh, yeah. It's on my list. That's yeah, kind yeah. of about like, uh, if, if you liked this game or if you like sort of the idea of this game, I feel like Tacoma is very similar in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like walk around an abandoned space station instead of a ship mm-hmm. and go through holographic recordings instead of death memories ah. to kind of figure out yeah. what really happened there. It's by the uh, the Gone Home people, Fulbright. Okay, mm-hmm. they're a, they're a Portland company. I didn't know I didn't that. Either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's the end of this episode. What's what's next? Good question. What is next, Michael? Uh, <laughs> uh, I decided that we we're going to be playing Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines from yeah. 2004, I believe, according to my notes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I don't, I'm excited about. I hope that. you guys are excited for it. I've actually already been playing it a lot, and I kind of a lot. It. I mean, <laughs> there's it. It's interesting. We'll definitely talk about it, but it, I like I'm a it. couple hours yeah. in already. Okay, yeah. I haven't actually sat down to it yet, but uh, Austin likes it a lot, so mm-hmm. I've watched him play yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for having me on again, guys. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. This is good. Good to see you. Yes, you too. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you like what you hear, you can, uh, you know, like, 
button. You can press the subscribe button. You can Mm -hmm. comment. You can share. You can turn on notifications. You can... (laughs) Do all Smash that like button. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> print up, print up flyers and stick them up around your school or place of work. <laughs> uh, where, where the URL for our podcast on your face mask? You yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, we're we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash games these days podcast. We got the games these days podcast uh, you can listen on iTunes. You can listen on Spotify. We got Castbox. Uh, We're like inching our way towards having a website. Yeah, there's like slightly more of a website than there was last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, see you next time. See you next time. Oh! Oh no! I forgot the thing. Uh, wait. Okay, let's retake that. Okay. Um, (laughs) But until next time... Brother! (laughs) (laughs) Good. I don't know what I mean. What are we gonna do now? We now we're not just brothers. We're brothers and a cousin. That's true. We, gotta, we, we have to say like family instead. <laughs> family. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's too simple. <laughs>